living the authentic life. We are here every week, Thursday at 10 a.m. on Facebook Live. And today is World Cancer Day. And if you guys follow me, you know that I am passionate about finding uh, a cure for many different types of cancer, but also in just building awareness so that we can help families who are suffering with family members who have cancer. And I um, started my journey uh, when I was actually pregnant with Bella. I was joined, um, a few of my girlfriends were involved with a group called Heroes for Children. And this was back in 2004. And they have an incredible event. Caroline Harper Knapp has chaired one of our former guests. And it's called Heroes and Handbags. And I thought, oh, my gosh, charity and handbags? i got to connect with this. And I met our lovely guest, Larissa Linton, that journey, part of my journey. And she is co-founder of Heroes for Children. And she spent much of her life helping families. Uh, I called her and said, hey, Larissa, World Cancer Day is coming up. Would you speak? And she said, yes, I'm in Houston. And I said, oh, well, you guys have an office here. Are you here for heroes? And she said, no, Lily has treatment. And Lily is her daughter that is Bella's age, 13, is, or is Lily 14, 13. We were pregnant together, as I said. And I found out that Lily, her daughter, is going through cancer. And they are here at MD Anderson in Houston. And I said, okay, never mind. You don't need to come on and speak. It's such a journey. You don't need, you just need to get through it. And she said, no, maybe this is what God wants. And I do believe in God winks. And I do believe this woman is an angel from God. And I'll let you kind of share with us about how you started Heroes. And then we want to learn about Lily. Sure. Well, thank you, Danae, for having me today. Um, Unfortunately, I've been, I guess the word would be exposed to cancer more than anyone would like to be. Uh, I lost my mom to breast cancer when she was just 40 and I was 16 at the time. And then my oldest daughter, Taylor, when she was three, um, became sick and through a battery of tests, uh, we found out, unfortunately, that she had acute myeloid leukemia, uh, which is a very aggressive form of leukemia. She had to undergo extensive chemotherapy, radiation, and then a um, stem cell transplant. So we were in the hospital um, from the time she was diagnosed until unfortunately we lost her. We were in the hospital um, uh, almost 11 months. And she was my oldest daughter. I was actually pregnant with um, Tessa at the time, who's now uh, 20. And I had a 21-month-old at home. So my hands were full as a stay-at-home mama doing all those things and then having a child with cancer and a newborn on top of it. It was uh, quite the crazy crazy time, but um, thanks, just like today, thanks to wonderful friends and family, our church, community, even strangers, we were able to get through that. And 
today. Um, Tessa just found out last week she got accepted into nursing school at Aww. Texas Tech. Um, her heart has always kind of led her to be a pediatric oncology nurse. Um, although after having now another sister with cancer, um, she may change that course of direction, <laughs> but uh, I'm very proud of her and thankful that she wants to help others as a part of this journey. You know, something something positive always comes out of um, hard, hard times and things like that. And so losing Taylor uh, along that journey, we realized, you know, we got a lot of help and support from, like I said, friends, family, and strangers. And this was way before the days of GoFundMe or anything like that. But um, we met a lot of families that were struggling and they were, many of them were, you know, living paycheck to paycheck before they had a child diagnosed with cancer or it was a single parent and things like that. And then um, you have a child diagnosed with cancer and it really just turns your entire world upside down. The other kids in the family, if there are kids in the family, they're affected. Typically mom or dad has to either quit their job or take time off work to care for the child. And um, just like us, I mean, we're here, we live outside of Dallas and we're here in Houston pretty much every other week for Lily's treatment. And so um, myself and my co-founder, Jenny Lawson, kind of realized firsthand after she had a child that went through the same diagnosis as Taylor that uh, there's a lot of great organizations looking for a cure for cancer, which we hope and pray will be found in our lifetime. But in the meantime, you know, parents are, families are losing their homes, um, not able to make their car payments, making decisions, do I buy groceries or um, put, uh, pay the electric bill, just decisions that most of us take for granted on a monthly basis, paying our you know, um, mortgage and utilities and things like that. They were struggling to make ends meet because of this loss of income. And then, as you know, cancer, I think we all know cancer treatment is expensive. And so we founded Heroes for Children in 2004, and the mission of Heroes for Children is to provide financial and social assistance to families who have a child battling cancer anywhere from age zero to 22 years of age. And uh, since that time, I believe <laughs> I've been a, a little out of touch lately because of Lily, but I believe that number is um, upwards of $6 million in assistance that has been provided to families all across Texas now who have a child battling cancer. Very incredible. Well, I, um, my godchild Scarlett was diagnosed with cancer. She's also our girl's age. She, um, is 14 already. She had a, a birthday in December and she was diagnosed when she was six. So I, I went to uh, New York once a month and sat in those hospital rooms and watched, um, was part of so much of their journey and 
My friend Jennifer always says, I still remember when you said, I didn't know doing nothing all day was so exhausting <laughs> because it's the craziest thing. You want time, and then when you got it, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is the time we're doing. So tell us a little bit about how Lily, what signs were there with Lily, and as a mom, like how you noticed those and what you did. Well, at the time, she was in tumbling classes. She uh, wanted to try out for cheerleader last March, March of 2020, at her school. And she started complaining of ankle pain. And um, she also played volleyball and was very active. And I said, well, honey, you probably just strained something tumbling mm -hmm. or running at school. And so at first, I, um, like most of us would probably do. Yes. I'm not known to be a helicopter parent, so I uh, kind of brushed it off, but then she kept complaining and over um, the Christmas break, uh, sat down and noticed that um, they're like right on the bone of her ankle, that bone that sticks out was swollen. And so I said, oh goodness, I guess this isn't just going to go away on its own. We need, probably need to go have an x-ray. So um, I took her and had an x-rayed and um, they were a little bit, they used the word tumor, which of course sent us into a tailspin yes. because of the, our history and um, the place we went, you know, they didn't know our history and so, I took her the next, but they didn't think it was cancerous. And so then I, I called um, one of Taylor's oncologists who serves on our board of Heroes for Children and is still a good friend of mine. Told him what was going on because of course I was a little shook up mm -hmm. and he said, well, bring her here first thing in the morning and bring her x-ray with you. And so I did and they, um, we ended up having a really long day of MRIs, CT scans. We saw a surgeon um, and they ended up concluding that it was an osteochondroma, which is, mm -hmm. was good news because it's non-cancerous. It's just this weird bone growth, um, abnormal bone growth that a lot of teenagers can get. And so the surgeon really left it up to Lily and us as whether we wanted to surgically remove it or, and she said she did, but um, she wanted to try out for cheerleader. And this was, I guess, or this was in January mm -hmm. of 2020 um, before our world turned upside down. Yeah, so this and, is pre-COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Our world really turned upside down. Absolutely. And so we, we decided let's let her try out for cheerleader in March and then we'll come back and have it removed. And then she'll have the summer to recover. Uh, so in the meantime, I remember we had gone to Austin um, with some friends for spring break and we're out on the lake and she was just like, mom, I, I don't think I want to try out for a cheerleader. I just, this is really 
hurting me and bothering uh-huh. me. I'm ready to get it out. And I said, okay, well, as soon as we get home, I'll call the surgeon. And well, literally that week COVID hit and you couldn't get a no. surgery unless it was classified as essential, um, which of course hers was not at the time. So by the time we finally got back into the surgeon, he felt like it had changed and I did too. So he wanted to repeat all of the scans, CT, MRI, X-ray. So we did all that and ultimately they decided to biopsy it. Mm-hmm. So we biopsied it and her, um, we don't do it, go, do anything easy, I guess. Um, her, um, can't even think of the word for it now, but um, it's okay. Her, it, it all came back so complicated mm-hmm. that they send it off to the Mayo Clinic for interpretation. And so ultimately, with the Mayo Clinic and um, the labs here at MD Anderson, which we eventually sent them to them as well, since we decided to come here concluded was that Lily had an osteochondroma, which de-differentiated into an osteosarcoma on her ankle, oh. which is very unusual. Uh-huh. And so um, fast forward, we came to MD Anderson, we have this fabulous um, uh, surgeon here, pediat- she does adults too, but um, she's amazing and she has just a great bedside manner and she explained everything to Lily um, in a 13 year old girl's terms like well what do you like to do show me the range of motion in your ankle so you want to tumble you want to be a cheerleader she said okay well we can attempt a limb salvage surgery but you're going to have less range of motion than you do now well, that didn't appeal to Lily and mm-hmm. her lifestyle. And she said, and, you know, just hear me out. I know this sounds really terrible at first, but if we do a below the knee amputation and get a prosthetic and you can run faster than your friends, you can tumble. <laughs> yeah, there could be a strategy here, bionic girl. <laughs> you can do anything you want. And... Also with the limb salvage surgery, it would have involved multiple surgeries and um, the amputation, um, which, you know, at first just sounds mm-hmm. completely horrifying as a parent. It's not something you ever in your wildest dreams would mm-hmm. imagine would happen to your child. And so Lily, at the end of um, meeting with Dr. Lewis said, I want to do the amputation and her dad and I were kind of like oh my gosh I can't believe she just said that and so I I definitely think um, as far as her tumor and where it was and everything it, it was the best decision and that was so she had uh let's see six rounds of chemotherapy leading up to the surgery then the surgery was September 14th, and then um, 
we have, I believe it's 12 round, 12 or 18, I can't even keep track, um, post-surgery. And we're at the end of the journey. Um, Yay! Prayer, prayerfully. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we, um, she just completed, after this chemo this week, um, she only has three more. And we met with um, the prosthetist last week and we're meeting with them again next week and they're going to, you know, cast her leg and everything for the prosthesis. So um, we're definitely, we can definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's, it, and it, even she said it's gone by faster than she thought. Um, you know, we started this in June and hasn't, you know, been a year yet, but um, it, it's been tough. And it's, I guess when I share my story, especially after everything that happened with Taylor and founding the charity and then here to find myself mm -hmm. back on the, um, more of the recipient side of the charity than the giving side of the charity is kind of mind boggling and um, definitely have some questions <laughs> as to, you know, when is enough enough, but she has handled it, handled it like a champ. Um, the nursing staff and the doctors here just adore her and she, I mean, of course, like all of us, she has good days and bad days, but definitely far more good days than bad days. And, you know, she just wants to be a normal 13 year old teenage girl again. I and mean, you know how hard it is as a mom to. Well, yes, that's what we, yes, that's what years and we were talking about that before we came on the air. I mean, I just, I know that, um, I've shared that Bella's going through some challenges with acne and being bullied and different things. And it's been an emotional journey for her. And I say things to try to help her, but it doesn't help her. It triggers her. So I was saying to you, I can't imagine being in this situation, but it just seems like Lily's courage and her faith. I mean, I read they do have an amazing page on Facebook. I wish everybody could follow it. It's Love for Lily or Lily for Love. Love for Lily. Love for Lily. And I went back and read a lot of the um, the post, and I, I think you're so courageous to share so much. And the thread I've seen throughout all of it is that your faith is so strong and your tribe of friends is so strong. And that has been, I guess, when we go through hard things, we can still be grateful. And that's what I saw is that you still choose gratitude every day because you could wake up and choose so many different emotions. Right. And you wake up and you choose gratitude. And it seems like she does too. And I think especially during COVID, it's hard for any teenager to wake up and feel gratitude, let alone adding that. Sure. So tell us about your faith. Tell us about your tribe. Tell us about how all that has helped. Um, we're really active in our church, Preston Trail in Frisco, and, you know, before 
we came to MD Anderson. Um, several of the pastors of the church came over and sat down and prayed with us. And, uh, you know, they've definitely, I was in women's groups there and the kids mm-hmm. were actively involved in the middle school and high school programs. And so they've definitely followed us every step of the way and um, been supportive. And then one of the things that uh, one of my good friends realized, which I hadn't even gone that far down the road when we realized that, you know, Lily was going to have her leg amputated, was that where we were currently living, our home, all the bedrooms were upstairs. Oh, wow. And she said, Larissa, what do you, I mean, you're going to have to move. Mm-hmm. And I kind of laughed. You're like, oh, really? Yeah, we'll just throw that in the mix. Yeah, let's just let's know. just make total chaos in my life. <laughs> Single mom with four kids, one with cancer, and let's move. Uh, <laughs> okay, so, that's humorous. <laughs> um, but reality of it was, um, and even when I talked to my dad about it, he said, "Well, you can just." Lily temporarily in the study and I said yeah dad but we don't even have a full bath downstairs it's just a half bath so you know then you have that so while we were in Houston this friend of mine found this house and this neighborhood just a mile away that the kids have always wanted to live in because it's a lot more family friendly and Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends there they have a lot of friends there and um she went and looked at it she's sending me videos long story short we ended up making an offer on it with me not even have i didn't even see it (laughs) my 20 year old daughter went and saw it but um it was just a godsend uh like all the bedrooms except for one were downstairs and um which we put my teenage son up there. Which is <laughs> so he gets to have his, yes. There, unless you really want to. You know, you put on like your hat. Your gloves. But um, anyway, just things like that. And I mean, because this neighborhood, typically the majority of the homes are all two-story houses. And so to find house just the size we needed and she's got her bedroom and bathroom downstairs and I'm just down the hall and that was just one of many blessings and of course uh, my dad thought I was completely crazy but I said (laughs) if we're gonna do this now's the time Mm -hmm. because I have an army of people helping to help what can we do to help and I you know, like, okay, well, you can come help me pack. You, you can, can pack my house. You can move me in. Oh, and, um, you know, Heroes for Children um, helped pay for movers. So we didn't have to worry about moving all the furniture and things like that. <clears throat> so that's been a huge blessing. And when we're here in Houston, I have neighbors close by that my son can stay with or he stays with my sister and you know, they take care of our pets and take the trash out and things like that. So it's just been, you know, that's been a really huge blessing throughout all of this. And um, to have, you know, that space that Lily can get around mm-hmm. and 
Um, of course, she's already um, making a move on her brother's room upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, we moved for you, and now she wants to live. That's yeah. funny. Um, sure as soon as she gets her prosthetic leg i'm in i'm in for a battle absolutely <laughs> but, but it'll be a good it'll be a good battle like can't you just wait till he goes off to college <laughs> you'll look forward to that battle i will i will and um so yeah i, I mean just an amazing group of friends that um you know will come sit with you laugh with you cry with you you know, whatever it is may need. Um, I left Heroes for Children from a staff standpoint about um, a step down as executive director about three years ago. Um, for one, and um, Danae, you and I were talking about this <laughs> part of the podcast. Uh, you know, I think God saw what was ahead for me and it had become increasingly hard just reading the applications and unfortunately we do lose children and it had just become really emotionally hard and I you know was soon to turn 50 and thought to myself I just I don't think I can do this mm -hmm. for the next chapter of my life I need to do something different and oddly or crazily enough, I always had a dream of going to work for Southwest Airlines. And I had several friends that were flight attendants for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not one to sit behind a desk. Mm -hmm. uh, I was always uh, trying to get out and be mm -hmm. with the donors, talk to the donors when I worked full-time for Heroes for Children versus spreadsheets and yes. budgets like that. That's not my cup of tea. And so um, I was fortunate enough to be hired on by Southwest in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so I've been flying for them. And then, you know, another blessing out of this is that we're so overstaffed right now at Southwest that they offered um, extended time off with partial mm -hmm. pay. So I applied for that and I got it. So I'm, you know, getting a small portion of my pay, but it's better than nothing to uh, be home with Lily. I took it. 12 months and so that started in September and so you know some days <clears throat> as hard as they are or as exhausting or emotional I sit back and I'm so grateful for that opportunity because otherwise I would be having to either go fly or give my trips away and you know have someone else be with her and so she and I have grown so much closer just spending all this time together. And some days I laugh. I'm like, are you sure you don't want someone else? <laughs> you want my sister to come stay? She's like, no, mom, I want you. I'm like, okay. Oh, the best. <laughs> just making sure you're not sick of me yet. But um, 
you know, it, it really is a blessing as a parent to be able to be there mm -hmm. and especially being on the other side of it and reading those applications mm -hmm. and seeing these parents that are having to make really tough decisions as to do I keep my job and my health care and go to work or do I leave my child alone in a hospital bed all day and you know then with COVID they only let one person in the room you can't have visitors or anything like that so there's not a lot of coming and going or anything like that but um so that i'm very grateful for that and then uh i didn't even realize it until after we had started it but her treatment plan um for osteosarcoma they let her do outpatient chemotherapy at MD Anderson. So like right now I'm talking to you from our hotel room in Houston and she's still asleep. She's got a backpack full of fluids next to her bed that run continuously. And one time when one of the hurricanes was coming to Houston, they let us leave early and they sent us home with the backpack and they, taught me how to disconnect it from her port and everything. And they said, but when you go to the office in Dallas, they're going to look at you like you're crazy with that backpack probably. I go, what do you mean? Like, well, we're one, if not the only um, hospitals in the country that allows for outpatient chemotherapy for osteosarcoma. And that in itself mm -hmm. is such a blessing to us mm -hmm. because no one likes to spend the night in a hospital room, mm -hmm. especially, I mean, for this treatment, we're here Sunday through, you know, she gets treatment Monday through Thursday or Friday. And so just being able to come back here and kind of have our own space and do our own thing um, makes it a little bit more bearable as well. So I just want our listeners to take a moment and think about this. This woman, this beautiful, courageous woman is grateful for so many things. And I mean, that just makes me cry tears of joy. That is beautiful, Larissa. And I think it's a mes message that has to resonate with all of us. I mean, COVID is hard. People are suffering. People are in pain. And to choose gratitude and to choose joy doesn't mean that you're not embracing the pain it doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge it as hard but you're just choosing to look at life in a different way and so anybody out there that feels like things are happening to them or people are doing something to them or God's allowed something to happen to them I think we have to use you as like the perfect example of that is we could look at the bad but instead if we choose the good it's, it's so much about, and when I've been dissecting living the authentic life, to me, the main thing to live authentically and to find joy is to live with a life of purpose. And your purpose has consistently been so clear. It has been your family, first and foremost. But you also take care of yourself. And I think that's a big part of it is you could not be there emotionally for your family. You could not help put the oxygen mask on Lily, if you didn't take care of yourself, if you didn't walk away from heroes, 
to go get another job and to take care of what made you whole as a mom. Or if you didn't, um, I know you've been committed to being fit and in shape and looking at your nutrition. And I've shared a lot about my journey with Sydenham Clinic about being healthy and that wellness doesn't, isn't just about one thing. And I feel like as moms, sometimes we say, oh, I can't take the time for me. I got to focus on my family. But right. can you share a little bit about that? Because we feel selfish to focus on us. But if you weren't strong and you didn't have your tribe and you didn't know what your purpose was, all this would be so much harder. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, as said before, I'm blessed with just an amazing group of girlfriends all the way from high school, college group to, you know, people like you I've met through Heroes for Children and just um, flight attendants. Uh, but as far as health and wellness, um, and I, like probably many of us, let it slip a little bit over COVID. Yes. Like, oh, I can't go to the gym. Uh -huh. And so I really, um, as of late, have fallen back on um, my home workouts. And mm -hmm. I love, um, personally, Beachbody On Demand. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I recommitted myself to that, uh, I guess about the beginning of the year, mm -hmm. um, after the holidays and everything and too much indulgence. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I look at it too. And I tell Lily, I'm like, pretty soon you're going to be able to do this with me. Yes. And when, um, Tessa, my daughter, who's at Texas tech was home over the holidays she would do it with me and that and that was fun and and you can still make home workouts challenging mm -hmm. and fun and find what you want to do and i look at it too you know like lily would love to be maybe not doing this workout with me <laughs> yes <laughs> but jumping on the trampoline or go, going to her tumbling class and um, playing volleyball like she used to do and all those things. And so I just think it's something we can't take for granted. And I'm thankful that I have these two legs and mm -hmm. this healthy body and I need to take care of it. And, you know, I feel so much better when I do take care of me and when I exercise, I sleep better and uh, typically eat better and things like that. And so, you know, it's just, um, it's always been a big part of my life. And I think in the beginning, I may have used everything I'm going through as an excuse, but the reality is, you know, when we get off this podcast, I can put on a workout video on my laptop. I don't mm -hmm. have to be in a gym. I don't have to be at home and get a workout done. So uh, it definitely makes me feel better and stronger as a mom. And of course there's days that you're exhausted and you know, I just can't get it done. But um, when you do and make it a priority, <clears throat> I think it definitely helps us get through 
these difficult journeys and battles because we we feel better <clears throat> and then um, we're better equipped to have the energy and stamina and emotional support that they need. Well, and the other thing that I see that you're doing for yourself that I have, I'm trying to teach myself is you're giving yourself grace to not force yourself to, to commit to too much. And I think that's important for us too, is when we get to commit to our purpose is that sometimes all of it doesn't work or all of our plans don't go as planned and that we have to be able to be flexible and to pivot. I mean, we're all tired of that word, but it's still 2021 came and we're still pivoting. <laughs> it's so much. Um, so uh, let's talk a little bit. I left your title at Heroes for Children on the website, your chief inspiration officer. Um, I, I love that um, you were talking about bringing in a new um, executive director and, and working with them and transitioning that. And I find that it's hard for me as a type A person to like pass things over and let someone else do it. And um, I even struggle with how much I want to give Rob to do because he might do it wrong. And you seem really good at that. You seem really connected to the people in your life and that you can trust them. So talk to us a little bit about like that connection and how you've how you figured that out because I feel like COVID's brought up so much in relationships where people are getting divorced or people are friendships are challenged because everyone's at such a stress level and yeah. I've seen like an ebb and flow of my relationships with people in my life as I've changed my purpose. Um, can you share a little bit about how? you choose those connections and how you protect yourself in those journeys? Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as I felt a lot of guilt in the beginning for stepping down mm -hmm. from the organization. Um, but at the same time, I knew that going forward, I didn't have everything I needed in my heart to lead it to the next level and and secondly you know i mean jenny and i started this organization on a kind of a wing and a prayer mm -hmm. um so to speak we weren't trained to run a nonprofit organization we just did it and then it with grew. passion yes and, and with heart and with true love and as it grew we would take classes and, mm -hmm. you know, learn more and do, do our best. Um, and, you know, Jenny had stepped down as mm -hmm. she was executive director. Um, and then she stepped down and went back to teaching. And then mm -hmm. I ended up stepping in and, um, I think I always knew it wasn't I wasn't best served in that mm -hmm. position. I was more along the lines of development, like mm -hmm. I said before, um, getting out, meeting with the donors, sharing the story, mm -hmm. um, and hopefully bringing in um, more dollars for the charity. But kind of by default, I ended up as the executive director. And 
So when I did make the decision to leave and I got hired by Southwest, uh, you know, we had to find someone to run it. And, you know, unfortunately there were a couple that didn't work out, but um, David Hancock, our new executive director, mm-hmm. he's been brilliant. Um, I tell him he, when I first talked to him, I was like, are you sure you, you want to take this on? Because it was right after he accepted the job right after COVID hit. I mean, here we are mm-hmm. in a pandemic. We don't know what's going to happen um, to our, you know, are people still going to give? Mm-hmm. What, you know, obviously people lost their jobs. Uh, there was a greater need for the families we serve because mm-hmm. Um, some of them did lose their jobs and things like that. And so it was just a really, really difficult time to take on that role. And I applaud him for it. And, um, you know, he's, he's definitely the only um, executive director uh, outside of Jenny and I who has really embraced us as founders and welcomed us in. Aww. and wanted our feedback and included us on things, which is, you know, I I don't want to step on anyone's toes at all. And he's got, has way more experience than I do uh, running organizations, but he just has a servant's heart and he's a great leader. Mm -hmm. The staff uh, and the board absolutely respect him. And so it's really, that's made it so much easier mm-hmm. for me because it's hard to step away and almost feel like you're handing off, mm-hmm. you know, your baby, it is. Your baby it to is. someone. And all you ask as a founder, really, I think all Jenny and I would ask is that we want to see it continue mm-hmm. to grow and be there for as long as the need is there. And so he has definitely done that. And, uh, you know, he's coming up on his first year anniversary and, um, I, I, I can't say enough great things about what he's done during this pandemic. I mean, just the fact that we had our board retreat last week and I was able to attend that. And just the fact that, um, we're, hate to use the word thriving, but we're, we're, we're definitely You're succeeding. Surviving. You're succeeding and meeting the goals of the needs yeah, of your, of your recipients. Yeah, exactly. Help families across Texas that need our help. And a lot of the social workers have said that, you know, some organizations have or are close to shutting their doors and the fact that we're still giving assistance and helping and, um, you know, looking at these new ways to expand and new things that we can do um, that David's brought to the table has has been great, especially during this challenging time. And uh, obviously in the situation I'm in, right now I couldn't have continued down that path I think it was a god um, wink that you could hire him before it really was I think all this hit with Lily yeah COVID and Lily um 
trying to run a nonprofit organization would have been a little bit more yes. than I um, So I am very grateful for him and I'm grateful for the staff and everything that they've done during this challenging time because, you know, as you know, uh, we had to pivot all of our in-person events had to turn mm -hmm. to online events, mm -hmm. which is, was really unheard of. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> they did a great job. Our Heroes and Handbags events in Dallas and Houston were very successful mm -hmm. and we were able to keep our costs very low because of not having them, you know, not paying a country club or mm -hmm. things like that, not having those expenses. So just really learning to adapt to the change and, you know, first the event was postponed and mm -hmm. then <laughs> we're coming up on September and realize, oh goodness, we're not going to be able to have it then either. And, uh, which who would have thought everyone, you know, no, we oh, kept well, just hoping, yes, be fine. <laughs> uh, hope beyond hope. I know. And oh, it just, yeah. well, I, um, I, I really um, see that for me, authenticity is about purpose, connection, and then commitment. And part of commitment is aligning your words and deeds. And we see that in so much of what you do. You have had a servant's heart for so much of your life. And I applaud you for everything you've done to give back. It's incredible just sharing your story I think can inspire all of us in the way that we look at life what we choose to do you do have a GoFundMe page that people can still make a commitment to help you in your journey um, it's called uh, it's the Lily for love and love you could love for Lily on Facebook and that's where you can find the GoFundMe and then also uh, people could give to um, Heroes for Children and help there. And um, I'm still fundraising and building awareness with the Scarlet Fund because their focus is more on um, finding cures. And they um, have some, they're doing a Valentine's project right now and they're also raising funds for um, Cycle for Survival. But their um, donation, accelerate process is helping they have lowered the clinical eligibility of children to 12 years old and i think that's offering so much more information because before there was an age limit where they could actually research because kids bodies react so much differently than adult bodies and cancer um cocktails or um i forget what the name is how they put what how they choose what the chemo is is mm -hmm. different for every age group mm -hmm. and then they have new adult therapies that aren't just pediatric clinical trials faster than ever and they give patients access to therapies that originally were only for adults so i think all that together certainly md anderson huge shout out to them for allowing you to be able to take that especially during covid where our health is so fragile. I mean, to catch COVID during cancer treatment, I think is also such an added fear that people, I can't even imagine dealing with. And I understand there were times that 
patients couldn't even have adults with them. So I know you were so grateful that you could be with Lily every step of the way. So um, are there any last comments that you'd like to make or places you'd like to direct people, Larissa? The only other thing I thought of when we were talking about events is Heroes for Children is doing this 1800 challenge and you can find it on the website, but it's um, just challenging all Texans to raise $1,800 by April 18th for the 1800 Texas kids that will be diagnosed with childhood cancer this year. And so it's kind of like a virtual run or bike. Um, you just set your challenge and get friends together. You can even, if you don't like to run or bike, you can, you know, bake 1800 cookies. <laughs> I love it. Well, when Bella really does, but, um, just another, um, great way that, um, heroes for children has pivoted during COVID and, you know, looking for new ways to fundraise and things like that. So, and it is a great way to get your kids involved and to buy, like if they did cookies and they sold each cookie for a dollar, the way that right. they could mentally get behind it. I know when Bella was younger, I would ask her instead of receiving gifts at her birthday party, I'd ask her to give to the Scarlet Fund. And she mm -hmm. agreed, but then later she held it against me. So I don't recommend that to all parents unless your child's grown up enough to do it. But she was fine. She got plenty of gifts. so She's not scarred for it. But we love you. We love your story and your journey. And we are sending the biggest blessings and love and remote hugs to sweet Lily. And I love that she's still sleeping. Such a teenage girl. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much, everybody. Um, have a great week. Uh, know that we're here for your Valentine shopping and um, uh, at the Vintage Contessa. And keep following us. We'll have... Uh, on our stories, we'll um, do links so you can swipe up and make uh, donations to support in the ways that you find most compelling to you. Everybody have a great week. Thanks, Larissa. Thanks, Danae.